Hello and welcome to another episode of Confessions of Aoi Timaraspushi. This is your host, Minion, also known as Rob. All right, so if this is recording properly, um, I have, well, regardless of whether it records properly, I have with me Barney of Local Lunas. And this is the second time we've actually met. But anyway, welcome, Barney. It is. Thank you. Thank you. And it might be that this conversation gets out quicker than the one we recorded for my show. <laughs> it's all right. Um, and it may even cover some of the same topics that were in your show, but that's OK. Yeah, that's OK. That will save yeah. time. So, you know, people listening to this don't necessarily <laughs> have to. It's not like required sort of is it reading or anything like that required listening. No. So um, I first learn of your um podcast which is yeah. you know yet yeah, the um well what is it what is it called and what's it about what do you do uh, okay okay so yeah so my podcast is loco ludus and i've been working out that i guess i started it at the end of end of 2019 right. so that's 2020 21 so over two years now. So was um, this a response in response to to the pandemic outbreak of the pandemic? Did you, or was it completely no, related? no? Because I I'm trying to think because I started like, well, that like was, been with was us early twenty twenty. Yeah, early twenty twenty. It it all started affecting us, didn't it? And I I decided that I wanted to do a podcast earlier on in in 2019 and it I, I don't know if it was the same with you but it, it takes a little while to to figure out what you're doing and to set things up and to get used to the idea of doing it and um so I was just looking at some you know invoices and receipts and stuff and I I it looks like I started working on a on a game system that we'll talk about later, probably. Um, I started working on that in something like April 2019. Mm -hmm. um, so that was before the podcast, but um, I, you know, we're going to talk. So you want to you want to know about how I got into gaming? I mean, if we just stick with the podcast for a moment, I, I, uh, my way in was the Grognard Files, <laughs> right, uh, which which I still really really love, and it's such a nice listening experience, and I, I kind of felt like I wanted, I wanted to offer a similar kind of thing that if if people would be happy just to listen listen to me or me talking with other people for for a bit of time and it just made doing the dishwasher a bit more entertaining or um i don't know help people get to sleep or something <laughs> like it had been doing for me <laughs> i i felt like that was uh uh, 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 helping you get activity. to sleep. <laughs> Derek, Derek will be going, mm, that sounds about right. 
<laughs> but um, there's, there's a little bit of a difference between what you do on your podcast and um, and the Grognor Files. I mean, the Grognor Files seems to be mm-hmm. um, a way of of looking back um, mm-hmm. to you know nostalgically. What do they say? What does he says? Looking back to look forward. Some, I something think that's goes, the yeah. little catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, but but I think it. The, what the looking forward part sometimes does like manifest in new games and the like, but more than that, it seems to be making these connections with people. That's the the current, the present is the, the making the connections yeah. over games of the past, which you know of, often 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 is the case. But in your podcast, you do tend to play well games of your own devising, uh, things that are really very new that are actually occurring now that it's not mm-hmm. there's not really a strong nostalgic um element to it yeah sure i mean i yeah i didn't i didn't want to copy the grognard files of course <laughs> no that's um, not a bad thing no it's it's a great thing but uh, do do you do you have any nostalgia for the for the past at all for maybe we can talk about um, that a little I, bit about your games of the yeah experience i i guess I guess so, but um, not. It's not a. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gaming now, to, to try and get back, to some. Uh, more infantile state. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm kidding myself. Maybe, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's not nostalgic. It's not nostalgic in that sense. No. Um, I mean, with the, with with Loco Ludus. I started off wanting to to do kind of game hacks. Uh, my son and I um, are really good game hackers. We're great, really super game hackers because the whole point is that we we play games, board games, whatever, role playing games, whatever, and we have a really nice knack of finding the flaws in a game and just altering it ever so slightly to 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 make it a better game uh, to bring out if you like the thing that we feel that game really wanted to do for you without right? yeah well yeah i mean it just it do you, do you I, see it as being I mean, a subjective thing or is it uh, an objective thing or is it is it is it based on your own personal kind of like uh, desires of what you want to see from the game i you're 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 that's absolutely correct but what i would say in kind of pseudo objectivity (laughs) i think we i think we tune into the what the game wants to do Uh you know its own aspirations and 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 we just kind of can hone in on things that that don't really work mm-hmm. um can i ask and, you how, how old your son yeah. son is that's really interesting that you, yeah yeah you, you find this in common with your with your with your child he's uh he's 15. all oh, right and he is one of the key reasons that i got back into gaming actually mm-hmm. um because so whenever that was, I don't know, when he was maybe 12 then. Right. 
maybe, maybe 11 or 12. I don't know. He, you know, he was starting to get into app games, video games. Mm. And with no disrespect to them, I, I felt a little bit like they were a bit, I felt they were a bit limited. And those may be the things that he was playing, yeah. but also kind of introverted. Yeah, that's interesting. And and I and I thought, well, um, I like I like games. Why don't we? You know, why don't I? He and I get together and and see if we can. You know, if we can actually play analog games together um and that 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 went really well and i think the and cause and continues and i think the you know to go back to the app games and, and all of that i think human beings most human beings have have a have a drive or have drives to to play games or to use their brains in if you like gamey kinds of ways or in ways that games do particularly well mm. so i don't think there's anything i don't think there was anything wrong with my son's um or anybody's enthusiasm for playing little video game app things. Mm -hmm. I've heard that um, a lot of the uh, app games are designed in a certain way that sort of they, they the idea is to get you to download the game in the first place and then there's mm -hmm. another other features that are built in to have you unlock certain parts of the game uh, by well possibly you know download download content and so on and then if you don't download after a certain amount of time it will feed you a little bit little bits that allow you to continue on a little bit further yeah. into the game so this kind of um, psychological sort of uh, underpinnings of games today uh, or the 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 reasons the goals behind game design uh, in many cases it seems, particularly with app games, uh, is are not entirely um, altruistic, <laughs> for mm -hmm. want of a better word. They seem to be trying yeah. to make you work yeah. for something, but by not making you work, uh, by um, I, I, there's a number of games. I, I remember downloading a few games where you don't actually have to do anything. It automatically kills all the monsters. You, you just <laughs> run and it runs all the time and you just run this app and it's killing all these monsters and you're collecting yeah. and leveling up and stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah. what is the purpose of this game? Because it's yeah. there's obviously something and you, there's a there's some kind of psychological reason for you wanting to keep on going back, back and, and building up this character, but you're not actually doing anything. And so I wonder what, sometimes I wonder yeah, if, if they're using part of your bandwidth to to as you know for computing in fact you're working for them you're actually using your time or your resources to i wouldn't but, uh, be surprised yeah um, that's that's another topic but yeah I, I i i'm surprised in a way that going back to the original conversation you're talking about yeah. your son uh, moving 
away from the app games and going to more analog forms of gaming. Did, did he feel any sort of resistance to that idea uh, initially? Did he? No, no. Uh, you know, and it's not like it's not like I I took his iPad or our iPad, the family iPad, away from him and put you know Monopoly in there instead far from it. Um, no, it was good uh, because basically, I my my big story is uh, that I I really loved Hero Quest, yeah. uh, the board game when I was when I was a kid, and and I thought right, let's get Hero Quest, and I was you know looking online, and they were you know an original copy was a hundred quid or whatever, yeah, and. And so I thought, oh, right, what else is there? And I nearly bought Descent. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't, because as far as I can tell, that seems pretty, I don't know, it seems a bit complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but I discovered uh, some, I mean, you know, it's not difficult this day and age, um, Dungeon Saga by Mantic. So we started with Dungeon Saga and, you know, being a, you know, a bit of a dungeon crawl um and we kind of very quickly started you know started wanting to do our own stuff and hack it um and you know we've we've had lots of lots of fun and he is he is actually brilliant he is a brilliant uh game designer um we've we've designed a brexit game um which which is really good it's a really good game so we need to kind of we need to do something with that it's a card game well, um, i was all brexited fills, you know, out fills up your table i was all brexited out two two years ago <laughs> but it's still going on there, there is no end to a brexit it's just one of these things we, we, now... we started it we started it when theresa may was still in power oh. and and we and we've carried on and carried on and um and we we reached the historical end point of the game you know when britain actually left um like what was it the end of january 2020 uh, and then and then got into then got into corona um so so we almost it was like we had to live through that process um to finish designing the game um so we so we walk we we walk around the house sometimes and we, we we you know when we bump into each other on the stairs or at breakfast or something we we sometimes say we've got to get Brexit done, <laughs> got to get Brexit done, which means we've got to get our board game done. <laughs> so it's still in the process, but will yeah, it yeah, ever yeah. be finished? Is, is it is this just uh, is this not yeah, part no, it, of it, the Brexit syndrome that it will never be done? <laughs> It cannot be done. Well, the great, <laughs> the great thing about the game is it is it allows you to uh, endlessly relive uh, that certain period of time. So it's never done, and it's always done. It's both those things. All right. So it li lives in two states at the same time. It's very, yeah. at least Quantum two states. Yeah. <laughs> <At least. laughs> um, so this is probably a good point to go on to some of the games you've. Um, been designing now. I only know 
about this or I, sh I should probably return to the beginning of the show where I started to talk about your podcast and listening to it yeah. and ask you to explain the podcast but yeah yeah I, I started yeah, becoming really no when you when you've yeah <laughs> when you first listened to it or what, yeah what go well, on yeah. yeah so well I mean we're, we're both um podcasting on anchor and there is a yeah I guess there is what you may term as a kind of community of of uh, people with addictive personalities who, who listen to a great deal of <laughs> uh, fancy role-playing or, or not just fancy role-playing, but role-playing game-based uh, podcasts and, and exchange uh, views on Discord and what have you. But I started listening. I, I listened to you generally um, because I heard your name going around, but I think it was the alluvial planes that captured my attention. And I, I may have even listened to some mm -hmm. of the games, which is really unusual for me. Did you do some... I think you did some. Uh, what what I've done so far is I think I've done some uh, session reports. Hmm. Well, maybe uh, it was a session reports, and then people think... like some of the others would be calling in and, and sort of giving yeah. their views on yeah. it, or you'd be discussing that. But I found the alluvial planes was really uh, interesting, even though the mm -hmm. League of Eternal Guardians um, system-wise seemed to have everybody's attention much more. The setting of alluvial planes and the openness of the system really um, sparked yeah. my interest. Uh, yeah. mm. And it was something I wanted to drop in, but of course, um, time time zones, as soon as you get Britain involved as well, the time zones can be, uh, for me, yeah. living in Japan, uh, it can be quite uh, tricky. Um, yeah. So Well, we, we, we must... We must... We must arrange something because there are a few, there are a few um, alluvial plains folks uh, in in your kind of neck of the time zone of the world clock, neck oh, right. of the world clock. Um, so was this a, was this a zine game? Was this something you released as a zine game or a free game or what form did you? Okay, so mistake. So so alluvial plains is the was the first game that role-playing game that I really was working on and it it uses a system that I've come up with which I call the Vantage system right and so it's a it's custom dice dice pool um and I I like it it um I guess I just I wanted to design something that's satisfied me um i i kind of have a little i don't really like numbers on dice uh, <laughs> because i think it's kind of arbitrary i mean i know you know you can you divide them up in terms of the probabilities so you can have a less than 50 percent chance or a more than 50 percent chance or whatever right mm -hmm. um fair enough but that idea that you that when we say you have to roll over 12, we're not rolling over 12, are we? Because it's it's not it's it, the dice don't actually work like that. Mm. Um, we're, we're, we mean something else. We mean um, roll on, you know, any of these faces to mm. succeed. Uh, with this one face being more special than the others, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the, the the choice of number is arbitrary, right? That's, that's your point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so on any dice, what we've got is, is X number of faces, and what's on those faces 
I think is is a much more uh, that's that's a really interesting question to think about what is on those faces and you know to go back to hero quest that's got custom dice um which are which basically i you know i'd stick with them why not um uh yeah i'll i'll, I'll yeah i'll talk a bit more about the dice i think um so like basically the what i think is amazing with a with a six-sided dice is that you've got a really elegant structure of three two one mm. right so six-sided dice has six faces six sides of course if you have if you have something if you have one value on three of the faces and a different value on two of the faces and a, another value on one of the faces. I think you've got a really elegant structure for um, probability shifts. Um, and I really, really like that. And that's what the Vantage system uses. I believe that's what, um, you know, I'm, I, it's a while since I've looked at HeroQuest dice. I think it's the same. I think. I can't remember what it is, but but I think it's three, two, one, and the uh, the Warlord two thousand AD skirmish games have a three, two, one. I see. So when you uh, say structure. three, two, one, you're so, talking about the number of faces uh, with a with a yes. particular um, value or or quality about them, and then Simple, two, two faces yeah, sharing exactly. the same quality or whatever, and then one yeah. uh, face having a yeah. the rarest form. Right. So do you think yeah. there's a what is it sorry not you of course you do think so but what is it about uh, <laughs> moving away from the new numbers and instead moving on to concept the, the a pictorial concept that mm -hmm. that you think or you feel uh, captures uh, helps the game run better in your in mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. estimation i mean you know i think probably another inspiration on this was the king of new york game or, or the same as you know, same kind of structure as King of Tokyo. You have these uh, wonderful dice, uh, which six-sided dice, which have a different symbol on each face, and the symbols that you collect on your turn um, give you an idea. You know, give the, the the symbols that you've collected comprise what you do on your turn the actions that you can take and i think that is fascinating um i i, I mean for me games need to be variable mm -hmm. um one you know a game that you set up and everything is fixed and defined like monopoly or something i, I just find totally boring i i want i want games where variability is 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 high so even the tiles that you lay out um on on the board or the way that things can be configured i really really want and that's what those dice in king of new york really provide every turn will have a different anatomy based on the different dice uh the different symbols that you've rolled um with the vantage system it does actually have if you like a numeric uh, system. It's not that the different faces have a symbol. 
However, they are abstract symbols, so they could be used in any number of ways. And my intention would be that there's, there's a, if you like, a core set of dice, different colours, all bearing the same symbol, uh, the same probability array of the three, two, one, which could be used in different ways. So if you had a set of the dice, um, you could you could use them to play any number of games. Mm-hmm. Um, which the rules would tell you how the different colours or the different um, values would would correspond. And what you're what you're doing with the Vantage system as well is you're collecting appropriate successes. Okay. So so you are there is a kind of numeric aspect to it, um, but you're but each but you're rolling for each probability. You know, you're rolling to try and get this face or that face, and those are the ones that you keep. So it's not uh, dragging you away. It's not dragging you away with numbers or thinking in terms of numbers and, and target indeed. numbers. Instead, you're you yeah, you're looking at a more direct relationship between. I mean, there there are if you like, there's there's you know there's a success at a cost. There's you know there could be a complete fail with no successes. There's success at a cost. Um, there's a basic success and then there are critical successes. So you, you can bank them up. But to answer your question about what it offers as well, what I've what I've been working on with the system is that they have the dice have different colours. So those and those different colours correspond to different stats. Mm-hmm. So when you read the dice, you actually get to read uh you actually get to read which aspects of your character um have prevailed um so so you know you might want to use your kind of physical force to do something but if you if you don't actually roll any successes with that, then it's been some other means that you that you succeed, um, because what I wanted to do as well was to have a kind of holistic system. Mm-hmm. So, which which I link with the dice pool. Mm-hmm. So you know what we're what we're often doing. You know we've often got you know half a page full of stats, mm-hmm. right, or skills we can roll against depending on what system we're using. Um, so we've got all of that mass of, of ability, and then we pick one and roll against that. Um, and I wanted with the dice pool system to have something that was more, more holistic. So you basically, you're always rolling your core stats together. Because I was thinking, you know, when you when you do something with your strength, you are also using your dexterity and your nous, your mind. Your mind. Yeah. You're not. You're not. It's not. You're not performing that physical labor in a in a kind of existential vacuum. In the same way that if you do something intellectually demanding. Um, it also requires what I would consider to be some kind of existential strength or force um, and agility. 
Um, so I kind of, I, you know, part of the design process there has been thinking, well, in which circumstances are we not using, if you like, all aspects of our being. Yeah, the totality, right? Yeah. So now I'm, I'm starting to understand yeah. what you mean by holistic, right? So you, the totality yeah. of yeah. Uh, the person. Um, and 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 I think it, I think it, I think it works well. I think it works well. The system. Um, some some you know some people some people get it instantly. Some people. Um, you know, it takes a little bit longer, but I think that may be because it's it's that it's different it's like it's un it's an unusual way of going about things even if actually it's quite simple mm -hmm. and um and so what i wanted to do with the with the vantage system was obviously put it through a setting and i i i felt like a, a stone age setting would be would be a good place to start and uh, good old, good old Spencer, at uh, at Keep Off the Borderlands on of Keep Off the Borderlands. Um, he he was he was interested in similar kinds of things, and so we uh, we we buddied up to develop that. And um, another great collaborator of mine, David Sermon, um, he he. He agreed to buddy up on it as well, um, and then Tom Barbelay, whose podcast was the first podcast I ever appeared on, and whose no like no frills approach. I really, uh, I really appreciate. You know, no no theme music, none of that. Just get straight to it. I think that's great. Um, he also. Uh, he also joined the team and we did pretty well in the last half of last year to have monthly monthly meetings so the, you know it's still very much going ahead but i think we've uh we've with christmas and so on i think we've all hit uh hit a, bit, a little bit of a a bump but that you know on my side that's also cuz i'm also working on other things too um, are you still using this vantage system for the other games that you're you're designing now? Well, I mean, what's really interesting system? is one of one of my um, one of my first play testers, um, uh, Brandon, who also lives in Japan. Cool. Um, he he just rustled up uh, a post-apocalyptic setting. Um, uh, so we've got a first draft of a post-apocalyptic uh, version of, you know, or system setting that uses mm -hmm. the Vantage system. Um, I, you know, and, and I, I thought Alluvial Plains would be the first thing that I would put out. You know, that would be the first thing I would publish. Um, but it hasn't. It hasn't worked out like that. I mean, also, I, I've I've worked with Creswell Crags in the UK. Uh, uh, a, a prehistoric site i've done some talks and um game sessions with them and uh, the plan is to carry on doing things so that's been a really nice opportunity to uh you know uh, 
get you know play the game with with some people who perhaps aren't if you like really in the gaming world but mm -hmm. also perhaps to find other players who are quite who are who, who have that interest in the stone age as well mm. um so that's that's been really good and um so it's funny it's funny to be working on things that exist uh and that you that you publicly do things with but that you haven't actually published i don't know if i'm making a you know a giant mess of things by doing that or if actually it's 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 a good way to go i don't know i think i was a little bit inspired by chris mcdowell for oh. with electric bastion land because he he was you know working on electric bastion land for ages mm -hmm. and it didn't do him uh, a jot of harm i mean he already had the into the odd system and that's basically the same system but he just you know he just worked on it and play tested it and just kept going and i and i guess i thought yeah that's that's a perfectly good way to work it will be ready when it's ready yeah and so on so so the vantage the vantage system if you like is is my favorite system um it's it's probably also i suppose the most complex but at the same time is absolutely i think quite stripped down you know i'm a big minimalist design advocate so it's kind of at the at the most at the more complex end of a minimalist uh system i think um and then league of eternal guardians that system is the counterpoint system counterpoint d6 which is the same system that we used for Trickster's Net. Okay. So, so, so could you explain what a counter the counterpoint yeah. system is? Okay, so the counterpoint system. So this is this is a this then is a very designed to be very simple and very accessible for anyone. That basically all you need to do is find that D6 that you've got lying around oh. and you're away. Um, and that, I think, was a bit of a pandemic response. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, um, the, the <laughs> origins of it are, are with, with, uh, with an artist friend of mine. We, we did a wonderful project a while ago that was kind of definitively unfinished, um, that we've left definitively unfinished. Um, and we were talking about how to kind of carry on not finishing it. And it suddenly occurred to me that a, that a, that a role-playing game would be good fun. Um, and, and then I think I, I, I thought it'd be quite good fun to make a, a superhero version of it, uh -huh. um, which I think I even shared with Colin Spike Pit. Um, but that that was very short-lived and really not that interesting, given how many you know superhero games there are. But that that took the that took the system on a step, 
and then when I was having lots of discussions with Andy Goodman of uh, Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks and Grizzly Peaks Radio, um, we were we were talking about yeah we were talking about the kind of Cthulhu esque investigation stuff mm-hmm. and. We, we we had a bit of fun doing this little experiment called the Eldritch Organ, um, which I've, was I've forgotten about that entirely. Yeah, but I, yeah. Uh, now you mention it, yeah, and and that was you know that was about that was about creating improvised horror scenarios, uh, you know, and I was I was kind of arguing that I think with these investigative things, it's as much. It's as much fun for the GM to be surprised by what happens as as it is for the for the players. Yeah. Um, and that also led to a kind of that the Eldritch the Eldritch organ has this little kind of list of things you can ask your players to provide you with, and then the GM can randomly roll on on that list. And from that formulate uh, the husk of the husk of some investigation. That's that's um, really fun. Yeah, I, I, one of the things that I that really kills me about a lot of the um, more uh, vast uh, and complex um, scenarios and, and adventures of our times is that they're, they're really interesting as you read them. Reading them is really quite fascinating. But when you get it to the mm-hmm. table you know as a GM exactly where everything has to go and where the players yeah. have to be yeah. in order to succeed in successfully navigate one chapter from one chapter to the next to the next. Um, and it's incredibly, well, personally, I find it incredibly boring uh, uh, and depressing. Yeah. Um, for, the yeah. players, for the players, no matter how many railroads, it can often seem that they are actually very free, but... For, for, as a GM experiencing a lot of these adventures, I find it like just horrible um, because, mm-hmm. and a part of that you know, is the plot and, and, and the way that everything has to be is so finely tuned and so clever. Um, and what I find the most exciting often is, is when the players yeah, like surprise me, when the players do something mm-hmm. that's not unexpected is when it comes alive. It's only when in the hands of the players that the story comes alive and it's dead if it's in the hands of the module writers, uh, which is nearly always the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I still mm-hmm. play written adventures, um, I find that the most simple ones are, are the mo- have been the most rewarding in recent times. Mm-hmm. The ones that are the least sort of carefully plotted, that are, are really fun mm-hmm. to GM. And, and you end up, yeah, there's a lot of riffing going on between the players and the, and the mm-hmm. GM, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's mm. interesting. That's all. so. in your Eldritch I, organ, I, <laughs> that sounds really terrible. Well, yeah. So tell me more about your Eldritch organ. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The the joke wasn't. Yeah. We haven't wasted a joke on ourselves, if I can, if that makes any sense. Um. So so in my discussion <laughs> in my discussions with Andy, um. We kind of, we kind of. For the sake of argument, we, we kind of took up two polar viewpoints. His viewpoint was that the, 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 the PCs should be unknowing, unwitting kind of victims 
that might just survive. Um, he loves that. He loves that. He loves, you know, yeah, he's very old school, that. isn't it? And he's I, very, he's actually very old school, isn't he? That's quite surprising. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Doesn't come across um, like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, he says he says that he he loves um, he loves terrorizing. <laughs> people uh, basically uh, probably he can he can call in and put me right yes, there. Yeah. you know come on andy come on yeah. andy um, people, are, people and, who and haven't I, actually seen him uh, or, or experienced uh, and any of Andy's games on on uh, on grizzly peaks radio are probably thinking this is like the most evil <laughs> evil incarnate absolutely, GM, absolutely yeah gm yeah. sort of uh, abuse but, yeah uh, but he's yeah he's 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 super. He's super. Um, uh, and my 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 perspective was that I want everyone to be Van Helsing's. I want everyone to know that there's terrible stuff in the world, and it's probably going to get them. Uh, and to give them and to give them the kind of the the tools to to do that. So. We were preparing these games where we would do this experiment, you know, improvising and and Andy would have us being, you know, complete ignoramuses of the of the 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 hidden mythos evil. And my one where they're just absolutely they know what's happening, you know, they, they're on a mission. And so and and I realized that I was, you know, I had the this rule system and and I thought okay right I'll do it I'll do it I'll I'll apply that system um to this experiment mm -hmm. so that is that's how the counterpoint system emerged fully mm -hmm. as as being the system for League of Eternal Guardians which right. um which I love I mean it's uh it's been so much fun it is so much fun um and and absolutely you know the 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 players all respond to it really well it's very i think it's it's very player facing the, the counterpoint system and and i've really you know in de in designing it really really been careful not to include rules that kind of penalize or limit um there's usually a choice there's usually a choice that you have to make uh -huh. um, and once you've made your choice that's what creates the um the bad you know the the limitation or the the power or i don't know um so so, so at every stage, I, I like the idea that that players have as much choice in character design mm -hmm. um, and in what they do as possible. So, so they're defining um, the limitations of the game. Is that, is that a fair? I guess yeah. I guess so. By, by their I choices, guess... they're they're narrowing down the rules of the game, or they're narrowing down yeah. the rules of play or the direction of play. I, I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, I, I think that is, you know, when, when we get into actually the games themselves, that's kind of a group, that's for groups to decide, isn't it? How how authoritarian the GM is, how predetermined the scenario is, um, 
and how much how much freedom the players the players have but absolutely the rules are designed to to really encourage that or speak to that kind of improvisational play um so so we did we did league of eternal guardians and then then basically the the opportunity to run tricksters net came up uh because uh myself and tom burmeister in wales we got funding got funding for this project to, to to do this project with young people um and kind of one of my conditions for myself for for tom for the funders was that i wanted to use i wanted to use my system um and so what i then did was created a like an srd of the rules uh, which is available on my itch page so the loco ludus itch page just has a you know generic generic overview of the of the system um and so a version of that then was what was used in tricksters net and some really nice little um changes came came up through there and um and and i'm you know preparing it for another young people's exchange project to use to use for that yeah I, so this is this is and, interesting because yeah, um you, in your previous like when you were doing alluvial games uh, alluvial planes you mentioned how yeah. you were using that game um to for non-gamers as well you you trying to use it did you mm -hmm. mention you were using for like a like archaeological related or historical related sort of um, yeah 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 i mean experiences it, it, yeah out outside of the gaming community and and in the heritage i mean if we wanted to put it in that kind of speak so this uh, also has like a there's also yeah. like a, a link like an educational purpose for this tricks doesn't it isn't there so getting yeah kid, i mean these kids so do they come from gaming backgrounds or, or Okay, so they were so they were for Tricksters Net. The age range was sixteen to twenty-five. I don't think we had anyone twenty-five, so probably twenty-one. So kind of, and I think we had a couple of maybe fifteen-year-olds, people turning sixteen. Right. Um, so you know, young adults, young I adults, would say. Yeah. Um, they quite quite a few of them had played a little bit before um not everyone what overall though not that many had gm'd right and the whole design of the project was that uh, the young people would um would also gm games and they would they are also co-authors of the finished product so without wanting it to sound corporate there's definitely there was definitely a kind of professionalizing um aim behind the project and we we actually um were able to budget to give all of the young people a little fee for taking part because yeah i think i think tom and i felt like we wanted we wanted we wanted to give we wanted to give the young people a really um 
fun and meaningful opportunity to do some game design and become published game designers. Right. Right. That's great. Yeah. I, I um and I mean I, you know I am I am a teacher I am a teacher and an <laughs> academic right. so uh so it, it definitely connects with that but I'm but I'm really really interested in that space between uh between education and free time mm -hmm. um I but I don't I don't you know I don't like the idea of 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 play being hijacked for for educational, for pedagogic purposes. I, I'd much rather that the pedagogy is hijacked for the play purposes. And I think <laughs> that culturally, socially, uh, existentially, I think people need more free time. I think I think our free time is is far too reduced and to go back to the apps the gaming apps thing you know even in our free time we are still totally um subjects of um late capitalist market powers um you know we we work to generate an income and then we spend that income yeah. in our free time that's or, right or which or is also our, a part even of our yeah, it's also this part of the same process as well. So the, the, the our leisure time is used for the consumption yeah. of the goods that we produce in our exactly. work time. So it's a, exactly. a never-ending uh, circle of production, yeah. um, which sounds really depressing so, for many people. But well, uh, yeah, but, it, it, but it I is. see what you mean. It, like it, it's it is, breaking but... away, uh, breaking, trying to break out uh, or and do do things that aren't necessarily part of the prescribed um way of spending time i think what coming yeah. coming back to games but, for me was like it was a way of doing something that wasn't meaningful in any sense that people would normally <laughs> ascribe meaning yeah. to so something that meant something to me rather than something that mm -hmm. was necessary for my mm -hmm. own mm -hmm. like personal <laughs> reproduction as it were you know for my own mm -hmm. sort of subsistence um getting mm -hmm. playing games is absolutely totally. not necessary for for anything um anything material as such but it does have its it does have a meaning that's beyond monetary the monetary um definitions yeah. of gaming i mean today. I, I do i do think i do think there is there is a virtue or a value in gaming i think the kind of i think the the problem solving the the kind of maths that we do so i don't know associative maths you yeah. know just inventing yeah. a a concept there. I don't even know what that would be. Um, so think, you know, thinking. thinking I didn't know it wasn't real. <laughs> no, just, just, um, just string those, string those words together. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think there, there are not, there are lots of levels to gaming, and I think it, I think it probably. I like to think that it might stop me getting dementia or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, funny, funny. I, I have had similar thoughts. So I'm not sure if that will actually work out like that, but no, it's nice to think that. Yeah, and also the social social nature of these games. Um, yeah, I mean the social aspect of the games, just being able to meet up with people, um, not mm -hmm. because there's somebody you work with in your office, but mm -hmm. yeah, just just to spend time with somebody. 
some human being who you may not otherwise have any connection with, that you may not mm-hmm, share mm-hmm. the same political um, beliefs with or what have you, just to be able to sit down with those same people at, at a table or in virtual yeah. space, as the case may be, yeah. and, and spend time with them and actually communicate with something quite beyond your own um, limited experiences or limited... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite... Um, it's quite a luxury to be able to do that actually um it's a luxury we had as kids um and why not as adults and i suppose i suppose that's the that that's the thing isn't it we 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 have these ideas of what constitutes a luxury um and and what are you know staple you know required requirement fundamental things for human life and i guess i would say well they they are qualitatively luxurious, but we should, we, everyone should be permitted to have time unencumbered by um, consumerism, if you like. Yeah. Um, and, and that would, you know, and maybe, maybe there's a kind, there's a kind of, you know, maybe people would disagree with, with, with my approach, but um I think the idea of, of the, with Trickster's Net having um, having a project aim, you know, a kind of a game design aim with 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 an outcome at the end. That that kind of shifts it a little bit from being um, just freeform hobby time to actually having the the kind of um, the quality of work about it mm. Mm. and 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 being able to give the young people a small fee as well it has it has that idea of this is a this is not just this is not just play um so people might think that that, that you know might disagree with that but I think I I think I, I would like to think that that gave people an opportunity to um, the, the young people an opportunity and myself actually and Tom to to spend a bit more time in so-called free time activity yeah um, yeah and 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 we're self and that we were self-generating it in a way of course you know it came from uh, cultural you know we got we got cultural funding right uh but that's what the funding's for right the funding right. is for cultural activities which are unencumbered by consumerism if you yeah. like yeah it's, it's kind of uh it's nice to be able to give something back to the kids that they're actually they're not the subject of of an, the experiment they're actually the <laughs> they're actually subject of the experiment they're, they're actually in the driver's seat they're actually producing they're actually um reaping the rewards of their work they're 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 creating something of that from their own uh that that's that they specify themselves that they're they're authoring something that they're they're, yeah. they're enjoying the, the fruits of that labor as well it isn't it's not i can't really see any sort of anything bad about that in any no way. no and I mean, I think I think probably it will be it. You know, I I hope Tom and I hope that maybe maybe they 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 might see the real value of it in the future yeah. more than perhaps 
when we were just doing it when you know during the during the lockdowns um you know that that you know a couple of the young people have asked us for um references or um or to talk to us about projects they're doing or um it it gave it gave them a community to direct some of their artistic um outpourings to that you know it was a really nice small closed community um and so so supportive and um and very yeah very much a collaborative thing so so that was that was great and you know just to go back to the counterpoint system i i'm really pleased i mean i'm pleased to have had i feel very lucky to have had the opportunity to 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 play test it with league of eternal guardians and with tricksters net but um i'm pleased with how versatile um as a simple and rewarding versatile and rewarding this simple system is um you know it can be applied it can be applied to different types of games and i know some people you know talk about oh generic systems and all of this kind of thing um yeah. i don't i they are generic systems but but what's interesting i suppose is is how you how you create a system that can be adapted to the specifics of a given setting as well right so how uh, how not so generic yeah how how flexible they are um how, how much they yeah. can be bent and shaped around other other yeah. ideas other other settings other uh, yeah. needs and demands so you're actually yeah. working on i don't know if this is pushing you uh to <laughs> pushing you onto another topic too fast but you're actually working on something um new that i, I noticed and i, I actually yeah. thought this was the alluvial plains again um ah. so I understand it's called the Neo-Triassic Shoreline Regression Syndrome. Um, I yeah. tried to look up what this is, and I see a number of things on um, on co co coffee. Is that what it's called, coffee? Or on, uh, on yes, your, that's, yeah, yeah, on and coffee, on your coffee, yeah, coffee or coffee, and also on um, yeah. your Twitter account. But uh, I don't really, I see who you're working with, <laughs> but I don't yeah. really see what it's about yet. So could you explain? what okay. the triassic shoreline regression syndrome is okay how okay. came about so um so as you and your listeners might be aware there's been this kind of um thing in the past on kickstarter called zine quest right um so every what was it every february or something um there's a there's a month there's a month of of rpg zines and podcasts that are, it. That, yeah yeah so so it's you know it's it's small it's small uh you know it's indie creators basically pretty much or small studios working on things and um kickstarter announced that they were going to change a month for zine quest um so i think it's something like august or september and a lot of people as well are a bit worried about kickstarter going into i don't know, cryptocurrency or nfts right. or whatever nfts right and people keep on mentioning these interesting abbreviations it's something to do with blockchains or i'm not really sure yeah okay so what is that non non-fungible tokens the nfts yeah, yeah blockchain all of that i mean 
I, you know, um, I, I, I don't know much about it. I try to be reasonably informed, but I do. It does smell fishy to me. So um, I'm happy to stay out of all of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, so some enterprising folks. Um, 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 uh, the the yeah got together and and floated this idea of zine month instead which would be a kind of independent activity oh. and they um i wish i could remember their name that's really bad of me um they they've created a nice simple website where different zine creators um can can all have a little slot a little you know little link a little page uh which will take you to whichever funding platform they're using for their zine so there's no centralized kickstarter anymore there's just a kind of directory of um different projects okay. and last last year i was going to i was going to put league of eternal guardians out as part of zine quest right and um and i didn't because on one level i i felt like it wasn't a zine i felt like it was a it was just a game it's a game book it didn't feel like a zine um then of course i saw some of the zines that people were producing which were books <laughs> so i probably probably shouldn't have been so worried about that but also also i don't know life was a bit complicated and and there were you know there were other people involved in the project um and and it's kind of continued to grow a little bit so all of these things just you know need their own time i feel um and then for with with zine month this time i i think i think after after getting the print copies of tricksters net uh back from the printers and seeing what a good job they had done all on recycled paper um you you know produced with green energy no chemicals all of that kind of thing finding finding that printer which is actually local to me yeah. uh, and seeing what a good job they've done that made me feel better about all of that and and i felt like putting out a zine was was a good next step um before then you know, working on something, something bigger, like a, like a, like a rules book or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I have, you know, I did, I, I have got, I have got a, this project, which I've been working on thinking about the Neo-Triassic shoreline regression syndrome. So I thought, okay, that is, that's my contribution. Um, so it's, it's system agnostic. It's a system agnostic module. Um, it comes. It comes from that minimalist, uh, you know, perspective. So 
the the idea is that it's a, that it's it's a mini campaign which which is pared down you know the 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 content is pared down to um it's most evocative bones if you like hmm. um concentrated um and neo-triassic shoreline regression syndrome what is it my next post will be some kind of explanation about what uh, uh, you what don't want to reveal is. you don't want to reveal it yet no no i'm totally happy for it i'm totally happy <laughs> yeah. to reveal it um Roughly, because... roughly, what kind of campaigns was it about? It's set in the future. Okay. Is, it, is it anything to yeah. do with the shorelines yeah, yeah. disappearing? Is it about climate change? Or it is. It is about a little bit about all of those things. So, Neo-Triassic shoreline regression syndrome. Um, it is. It's a. It's a solar punk investigative survival horror. <laughs> okay. So, so very much um, like my my trip to work. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. I don't know if you could send me some pictures or no, some, no, it's, you know, it's field very, recordings. Very safe. It's very safe here. But uh, no, yeah. it sounds like modern life. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, so this, the, the idea is that in in the future, sea levels have risen uh, by sixty meters. Um, and so humanity has retreated to the um, uh, um, the Arctic and Antarctic circles. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of habitable. It's it's habitable at those at those at those extremes. Um, but 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 people do venture out into the. Uh, the the very hot and um, yeah the the hot and vegetation filled world um, above the equator, sure. shall we say? And because then you know towards the equator it would just get hotter and hotter and hotter. Um, and the the syndrome of the title is is this idea that. The changes in the environment have start to have an impact on 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 the minds of people. Mm. Right. Um, so the whole of society, um, starting with people's uh, ideology or their perception of the world, shifts as as the planet changes and something to that effect it sort of changes the way yeah. people perceive themselves within the environment within or the the, the role of society or civilization Is yeah fair? yeah and i you know and and in terms of the game it's kind of picking picking a moment where uh, the if you like the the contours of this syndrome are actually being recognized um, and will have a direct impact on on the the characters. Right. All right. Um, it sounds very so, interesting. But it, it sounds like you sounds like there's a lot to say there. Unpack. Can you? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, being system agnostic, um, it it does still have some little plug-in mechanics, like 
like a regression scale. So the idea is that the that the characters will kind of go through this this progressive um, regression. Wow. Um, um, yeah. So it's not. And, simply, it's, I mean, not a, it's not simply a technical so. Uh, um, what civil civilization thing? It's actually the the mentality, the psychology of the people. Yeah. It shifts in response to the yeah. to to the world, to the climate. Mm. Yeah. Is it yeah. a is it a happy um, happy ending, Barney? <laughs> Inquiring minds to know: Is it possible to have a happy I, ending, or? I think that it's so. It's it's not it's not. You know the 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 take on solar punk here is is not all kind of utopian, mm-hmm. um, but it's not it's not entirely all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wonder I wonder if I wonder if the happy end is a kind of post humanist happy end. I don't know. Right. Well, I'm not going to ask about like post-humanism and stuff, but but the idea of regressing, the idea of regressing sounds obviously very negative. However, some some creatures, some species are unable to regress, right? They they hit a evolutionary sort of dead end, as it were. Panda, the panda springs to mind. But the ability to regress mean means that it's kind of like being able to back out of a <laughs> back out of a <laughs> a cul-de-sac or a dead end street and try and take another turning a new way of evolving because regression is still a is still a, a function of evolution i'm guessing yeah uh, it's it's not yeah. the end of of change it's not the end of change it's a it's a <laughs> quick reverse and 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 acclimatization I, to a new state of yeah state of uh being a new environment a new world isn't it i'm guessing yeah i i suppose i suppose i would say that um given that it's a syndrome uh, given <laughs> that it's a medically a medically defined thing um the the language if you like is somewhat um limited in in actually describing what exactly is happening okay so i suppose the title reflects the human inability to fully think beyond uh, our own our own confines of 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 thought i suppose <laughs> um but an interesting an interesting uh, an interesting little tidbit for you is that i'm playtesting it uh using uh an adaptation of the counterpoint system okay um but for fun i decided to change it from uh a d6 system to a d8 system um so that that slightly reduces the chances of getting critical successes and critical failures okay um and and it gives a little bit more granularity in the uh, the stats, um, but it's not it's not wildly it's not wildly different. The D eight 
but it's good you know it's good fun to it's good fun to do that and give it a go um and i'm play testing it with uh with with two of my artists and another player so the artists get to uh you know i get to, i get to speak with them uh about about the world the setting um the adventure right. and and i think that's that's really that's really good fun so this the plate the other players is this a way another way of talking about uh, spencer of keep off the borderlands or is it a different yeah. player it's it's actually not but it's i do have i have i have another <laughs> i i do have some other other plans up my sleeve with spencer and some other folk right he doesn't get um, off the hookies so easily right no he doesn't and uh, and spencer is providing uh one of the kind of notional stretch goals um uh which is which is to offer stats for into the odd and troika um and i will i'll provide right, yeah, I read, I read that stats yeah. for 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 counterpoint as well so so there will be there will be some systems you can you can use which i think you know i think they're good systems uh, that you know they'll fit it well so where, where can people get hold of this this uh this zine, uh, the neotriassic shoreline regression syndrome, once it becomes available, I mean, how how are you planning to? Okay, to, well, to well this, what, make this available. What I would love, what I would love, is for people to back it now. It is it's crowdfunding now, and I'm doing it using coffee or Kofi, whatever right. we call it, um, uh, as part of Zine Month. So please people listeners do do go and have a look and see if uh, if it's something you're interested in please pass it on you know spread the word a little bit but also uh you know look at the other zine month stuff that's out there because there's some there's some good stuff um i'm yeah so i'm crowdfunding that right now i'm i'm talking to you know i'm 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 planning plotting mm -hmm. with with um, shops or retailers or sellers booksellers mm -hmm. um, for America UK and uh, Europe. Mm -hmm. um, so once it's out, it will be available there. Um, and I mean, an important thing to say there is that it's also going, there's, there's going to be, if you like, a fully accessible version um, of, of, the, of the, the module. So there's going to be a real, real people read through by Joe Richter of Hindsightless and uh, Quinn of a couple of characters so i'm really excited about that so they will read the module and i'll you know edit between the two the two speakers and i think that it'll be a really nice nice experience to hear them um talking about it and um there's a there's a really good accessible gaming weekend called everyone games and I ran League of Eternal Guardians for that, for them, for them there 
last year, last autumn, and I'll be doing the same with neo-triassic shoreline regression syndrome in the autumn again. Right, that's in the autumn. So there's no there's no link or anything for that at this time, right? There's no. No, I mean you can, but people can people can go and find everyone games. Um, you know, I'll give you the I'll give you the links, and you right. can. Well, let's do let's do that. Them. So I'll add. Um, mm. I'll put the for those who are interested. I'll put the um, Z month uh, links for Z months and uh, Barney's Kofi co mm. or coffee account and uh, the everyone Super. games and maybe itch. Maybe I'll throw in itch the connection. Uh, you the could. link to your itch as well, yeah. just so people can have a look at the at the uh, counterpoint system um the the tricks yeah. net stuff so uh yep. super right right to you so thank you so much for your time there um it's been a it's thank been... you thank you for your time Rob. thank you for <laughs> your time how long have we been going probably just over an hour i think yeah <laughs> but you know i often talk by myself for more about an hour or so it's um it's nice to have company to do it uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it's yeah, a nice absolutely. sort of break for the listeners to, to listen to somebody else ramble instead of just me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thank you so much. And it's, uh, it's been fun um, talking this what, month. So we, we talked to about a month ago as well. Mm -hmm. um, on your mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, we'll release that. And uh, hopefully at some point we'll have the opportunity to, to play uh, in a, a game together. Any, any game of any description any game anything yeah um yeah we should definitely we should definitely sort that out rob yeah 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 maybe maybe it. uh tristan would be interested in that as well or we have a mutual uh, acquaintance in the, the form of tristan Narbor, i believe yeah we do yeah so yeah uh, we do yeah maybe one of us can run a game or yeah all sorts yeah of anyway uh, I, might, I might have something i might have something for you rob i might have something oh, yeah. for you there yeah, yeah well i would yeah, i would be yeah. quite interested in yeah alluvial plains or yeah because i it's, it's one thing listening to the to an explanation of a game system but you just it's mm -hmm. really hard for me to to really sort of get it unless i'm actually rolling the dice and starting to build something from it i mean i'm sure most yeah. people are like that but, um yeah i do do really appreciate you coming on today and, and discussing these things because there's so much stuff that you're doing um, and it's very different from what I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just a GM. I don't actually design anything or create anything. Well, I'll create moments maybe, but I don't create materials. I mean, you know, you didn't <laughs> ask me kind of why the hell I'm doing that. Yeah, so yeah. Well, I, maybe I we should do you. that. I won't tell you. I won't tell you. Yeah. Oh, well, we could leave it. We can leave it. Yeah, why are you doing yeah. this? No, no. Maybe we yeah, should why, leave it. I, I, why, why does, yeah. why do people I'll do have... anything? Maybe we can leave this for, yeah. leave it open-ended and then we'll come back to this. Maybe people will be, yeah intrigued by uh, by the lengths that people go to i mean it's not clearly it's <laughs> it's all for the money right <laughs> it's for the wealth and and the the, the fame <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> right let's yeah. leave it at that my every, every, everything around me is gold plated these days yeah that's right well that's it um, um role playing uh, yeah, with, with porn stars the that's what it is today there you go wow yeah um, I mean, you know, if if we talk about why I do these things another time, then it gives me a chance to actually think about it and come up with an answer, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any great answers for why I game or mm. do anything, but I, yeah, it was certainly it's a it's a, a talk unto itself. Um, all right, but so now we have to make another date and uh, discuss yep. these matters. 
which is not a bad thing, is it? It's all right. No. It's nice no. to talk about Thanks, games. With people. We like talking about games. No. All right. So uh, thank, thank you. you so much. We'll cut it there. If I can. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Here we go. Thank you.